Hoffaday and welcome to a brand new episode of A Fistful of Talent. I'm your host, Jonah Gancharfis. Thanks so much for tuning in. And as always, make sure you head on over to either Spotify or SoundCloud. Subscribe to the KUAM Podcast Network so you can get alerts every time there's a brand new episode, whether it be Fistful of Talent, Boca Talks, Nurse Jen, It's a Hang Thing, or even Real Talk. Subscribe because it's a whole lot of fun. Um, these podcasts are very informative. And um, with Fistful of Talent, you know, talent, speaking of talent, I am so um, lucky to have uh, this very uh, dear friend and sp- I- I'm going to say special special guest for this episode um, because, you know, I I found out that she was on island and she's... Her time on island is up in the air, but so I needed to make sure I got her in before she, if in case she left. So I have with me, and I would say a jack of all trades because, Aww. I mean, what you're a musician, you're you know actress, playwright. Joyce Torres Hoffaday and thank you so much for coming in. Hoffaday Joan, thank you so much. That was so lovely. I was like, wow. I was like, who's that girl? I was like, where do I start? Who is she talking about? <laughs> I was like looking at it too. I'm like, wow, yeah. You, I mean, there's just so much you do and I'm pretty sure if thank I dive you. deeper, you're probably a dancer and I'm not even aware oh, of it. Oh gosh. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I'm really good at faking it. <laughs> I was like, it's all in the face, right? That's so funny. <laughs> I wish, but no, thank you for that. That was so lovely. Yeah, and you know, and I've known you for 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 quite a while now and and to see you I mean truly like a jack of all trades like you know I know you from friends a lot of people know you from friends with instruments Mm -hmm. um you know and and but then you have this you know theater side other side (laughs) and and I think it's it's so great because I mean you're just so talented and um, and the fact that you're here um, taking part in some really great projects mm-hmm. um, the island's only going to get to see all of that mm-hmm. uh, you know even more and before we get into all of that I wanted to kind of find out I guess, you know, a little bit background where, you know, were you born, were you born here? Yeah, born and raised. I mean, I think that's the thing that most people not are taken aback by, but I think a lot of people forget. It's like I'm born and raised. Like I've been here for forever. And then I didn't move until I was 24, 25. So for the most part, it's like all I know is kind of here. But I think because my parents um, made us travel so much as mm-hmm. kids, I think that really made us so eclectic. Like my sister and I are so not different but we're definitely a lot more outspoken and a lot more like you know what I mean we're like what's wrong with those girls um then uh, my other sisters and and I come from like a family of really loud like storytellers so for the longest time I was like I thought it never made sense and then now now that I'm a little older everything's starting to merge I was like oh all those things that you know like you said like they they do sound random separately mm-hmm. um but I'm starting to find like oh that makes sense that's the little you know the little gifts I was gifted so that they could all kind of make one packaged box thing were you was was singing i mean what i guess came first it's kind of asking like the chicken or the egg yeah like (laughs) what what happened what came first was it the music was yeah no it was it was strange so i growing up i remember my mom I was one of the, you know, those little, like, the, like my, I, my my family, like, my nickname was, like, Manang. <laughs> so, like, you know, like, little old grandmother. Um, and it's because I would, like, be such a little entertainer. My mom would laugh. She's like, you, I was always outspoken. And I was that little kid that would stand on the table and dance when everyone's, like, you know, cheering her on. And, and for the most part, I never thought anything of it, right? And I remember 
putting on plays with my sister mm-hmm. when we were like seven and eight. And um, so I, I, I didn't do anything really artistically, any, anything artistic until um, I graduated from college or graduated from high school and going into college. So um, that's why everyone that knows me now is Joyce the musician and artist. They, they're a little shocked because um, high school Joyce was super like JROTC. Like mm-hmm. I was the head, I was like the battalion commander my senior year. I was um, the president of the National Honor Society. And then I was also like a super, super nerd, right? I, I graduated at the top of my class. So everyone else that knows me before like now um I I never sang I never sang I never danced I never acted I never did anything artistic and it's not that I was suppressing it but you know bless my mom of being really like (laughs) you know you need to you know you need to make good grades and you need to be a good student and I love my mom so I was like I'm gonna be a good student and I was a good student and then I remember graduating from high school um and everyone else was going off to college stateside and I remember thinking Like, that was, like, a really, not dark, but it was definitely an interesting time for me. I was like, who am I without school, Mm -hmm. without the institution? What what do I look like? What is is my thought process, you know? Um, And I've always kind of been... I guess emotionally shy for most people that know me like in my personal life I don't really emote much you know what I mean I'm not it's not that I'm I know I'm more of a laugher than I am a crier in real life and then I walked into my first theater class because I was like convinced I was going to join the military I was going to be a JAG officer I was going to do the ROTC program at um, UOG and that was going to be my life I was going to be a lawyer for like I think ever since I was like eight or nine that's the life path that I decided for myself but I was like I need a break (laughs) I was like that's a lot of school and I was like you know what why don't I just go into UOG with like an open heart and just kind of be like what am I what am I supposed to do right asking the universe what am I supposed to do and um I took theater as kind of an elective, and I remember walking into the class and, and meeting Michelle Bloss, um, and she had blue hair and was so eccentric, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I remember, you know, then, thinking Joyce then didn't really know how to deal with emotions or mm-hmm. emote with other people, and it was well, not that I was socially awkward, I was just like, you know, I was very private. Yeah. Um, and then I remember going into the theater and being asked to kind of, like, emote and I remember it being the hardest thing I'd ever like done and I was like that's the most it's so challenging and it's so like uh, the thing is I love a challenge right but not with other people I love challenging myself so I was like this is interesting you know and then I found that I was like wow I'm not emotionally tapped into myself at all and then what happens you know if I enter that space and then my life kind of kind of you know shifted and in that same time that I was finding my acting voice and my I guess creative side um I met Ernest Ochoco like backstage at something and him and Michelle were always like I think they heard me singing in the bathroom once like randomly I was washing my hands and Ernest walked in and he's like you should audition for my musical and I was like a musical what's a musical um and and that too I never you know and thinking about that too now that I never used to listen to musicals and then to do that musical and that's um insert CJ and Gabby mm-hmm. of Friends with Instruments so I met CJ and Gabby I met Gabby when Gabby was 12 years old right and then we didn't become a band until she was like 14 15 um 
so it's it's been an intense kind of like to go from not really expressing things and being vulnerable to being super vulnerable super expressive and then taking our life and then putting it into work and music um but no growing up I was never never like I never would have thought I would want to be an actor and I never would have thought I'd <laughs> sing in front of people and it's the thing that makes me laugh because I don't think I actually it took a while before I think I sang in public if that makes sense so like it started out with like jam sessions at Gabby and CJ's house and I'd be there all the time and we were becoming friends and um and yeah and then it became I think we were singing roar or something like that and I'd never played the cajon before CJ had just gotten the cajon for Christmas and was never on it and I was like okay someone needs to play this instrument right and then I just sat on it and started like banging away and then Gabby and CJ looked at me and they're like that's what you're gonna do in our band (laughs) I was like oh my goodness so I mean it's all happenstance so it's kind of it's it's wild it's wild how they all just kind of fell into my lap when you're talking about it it almost seems like you know, it started off with a kind of blank canvas, you know, just like kind of like, the, you know, your basic, yeah. your basic colors, you yes, know, you have yes, like yes, black yes. and white. And then <laughs> all of a sudden you're introduced to, to the theater, Michelle and Ernest. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you start seeing these different colors kind yeah. of add to the canvas. Yeah. And when you were talking about how Ernest overheard you singing in the bathroom, I was, I, I was thinking honestly of like, it's perfect. <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh. <laughs> so, I'm, like in the, I'm in the shower. You can sing. It literally felt like that. It's so funny. Yes, that's the perfect. Yes, that's exactly it. And then, you know, do you see, I mean, if like that didn't happen, if you didn't happen to take theater as a, as an elective, I mean, do you think that it It would have merged eventually? I don't know. I mean, I really think about it and I, and, but then also when I think about like how, dedicated I was to school I think it also makes sense to me now it's like what I'm trying to be as an artist so I love being a storyteller and I and I call myself like an activist so it's kind of like you know that's that's the money pot for me right it's where can we be artistic but also say something say something to make people think to to talk right and that's always been I discussion talking storytelling um and I think back at how into school I was like I loved school and I loved learning and I also and my mom and my I think my mom and my aunts they're like you know I feel like you could also be a teacher if you wanted to and I have a lot of relatives that are teachers um on Guam and in the Philippines so it's kind of like it's all you know it's in my gene pool as well to 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 care about stuff and then find a a kind of outlet to express that so Mm -hmm. I think it's I don't know but but I really don't think if I didn't take that theater class I don't know. I really think the trajectory of my life would be different. I'd probably be sitting here being like, and I'm commander something, you know, I'm talking to you about like, I don't know, the military or, or law something, which I think is also kind of cool. My mom's actually still holding out for me to like, wait. Still and, young. No, still no. Alive. She's literally, she's like, she's going to reach 30 and be like, okay, I think I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to challenge myself <laughs> even more again. Um, no. And then, but then now I realize I think I'm too emotional for law. It's so like, do you know what I mean? But I think you'd be really good at it too, to, to convey like your point to like oh, the jurors. Yeah. But it's so intense. That arena, when I, I mean, maybe it's because, like, I'm so open, right? So vulnerable and emotion tapped now. And I think, what was I watching? I think it was, like, 
I forgot what it wasn't like a movie thing I think I was watching like a live stream of something and just like hearing the way they talked about stuff and I was like I don't know if I would be able to deliver stuff with a straight face you know oh but then they so would be intense. like the, the jurors would be like whoa <laughs> blown <laughs> away she really fights for her <laughs> for her client but in, and you know when you mentioned that you were in ROTC too yeah I guess like it could, it could kind of gauge like because you know you have to it is performance like yeah no there's a discipline to it you have to kind of you know rehearse and Mm -hmm. so so, you know maybe and that's why I was like isn't it strange how like everything in your life they just (laughs) they do kind of line up in a weird way like I I, like that it makes no sense right but it's also like when you look back everything makes sense in hindsight so it's wild it's so cool so with friends with instruments um I guess do you recall that first gig yeah. So what happened was we had just done Raise Your Voice with Ernesto Choco over um, at, uh, I think it was a San Vicente, I forgot, like a musical something. I think it might have been a fundraiser for them. I forget what it is, but it was a big musical. And we met a bunch of women and I forget her name and it escapes me now, but she remembered me and I think she wanted me... I forget what the event was. I think it was it was either to end like sex trafficking or, mm-hmm. or something or to bring awareness to something. And she was like she asked me if I could sing um sing a song. And I remember at the time, because I didn't really, you know, yeah, I did the musical with Ernest and here I am singing in front of everyone, but it's been the first, you know, I've never really sang by myself in front of other people. And I remember getting the message from her in front of Gabby and CJ, and I was like would you mind if I, you know, I brought two other people to sing with me and, you know, get someone to play mm-hmm. and someone to sing. Um, and she said, yeah, of course. And cause she remember Gabby and CJ from the show. And so when we, I remember when we did the show, I, I forget if we sang what the song was, but I remember we sang it at Chamorro village in front of people. And it was for bringing awareness. And we, we all kind of like looked at each other and we were like, this is interesting, right? Because it became jam, jam sessions in a room to performing for, like, this really cool event. And then um, I think when we went back into, like, the jam session, it went from, like, jam session to rehearsal. There's, like, a, a switch of, like, I think we're becoming a band. <laughs> and then I remember, you know, at that time, we were just kind of like, let's just post it on YouTube. Let's just post something. And I think... Um, my our other friend Angie who we tried to also start a band with but she she left like as we were trying to start the band um she's like you guys should name yourself something and I think it was Facebook CJ was like friends with instruments and we all went like what kind of name is that you know when it's we're like teasing her and I think when when the name got thrown into the mix you know it was kind of like it was a hee hee ha ha and then it became permanent and then we just ran with it we were like what happens if we try to be a band right because they they cj and gabby have been playing and and gabby has been singing for forever so it was kind of like you know why why not and and yeah it was so it was so strange because for me again i never i i play a couple of instruments but i would mm-hmm. never would have performed it in front of people um but no it was it was definitely like serendipitous and um 
a we didn't know any better <laughs> I feel like if we knew like knowing now I'm like wow that's kind of you know it is intense to kind of put yourself out there um, and I'm happy that we weren't really thinking about it and it was always for us about the jam session bringing like feel good music to people and it's never been about like you know it wasn't like a a showcase of our skill it was kind of like no we're here to bring a good time and then sharing it with people and and I think that's why we we still kind of jam even now how did the song write I mean was it something that all of you kind of collaborated on yeah what's so our it's the, the process for Fui is so fascinating so Spoiler alert, a lot of the songs that we write, unfortunately, aren't about my life. Because <laughs> I think it's funny because, you know, I sing on them. So a lot of people are like, oh, that's Joyce's tea. She's spilling it. And so it's kind of like a collection of all of our stories. So the way when we write, it's kind of like I ask the girls and we talk about, like, what is everyone feeling? Like, what do we want to write about today? And um, for the first one, you are, uh, not you are, um, open your eyes CJ had gone through something and like just kind of wrote out the thing and we were like we can make that a song and then we made that a song that was the first the first go so it was like okay but the second go when we started writing as a group it became um yeah kind of like a circle a circle of like non-stop thoughts going around and melodies and jumping back and forth and um my favorite story to tell though is the um what's the name of the song uh, the Good Life. So The Good Life, it's, if you if you listen to the song, it's literally about driving from the South. Yeah. And who making, doesn't like to stroll? Yeah, yeah, who doesn't like to stroll. And we literally wrote the song because we were, I think it was a, we were at a fiesta down South and we were driving back to the center. And Gabby was like, did you know that most reggae songs are just two chords? And I was like, no. And she has the uke in the back of the car <laughs> and she's playing. And I was like, wow, that's literally every reggae song. <laughs> and then I think I was just like, which I don't know, so... And, like, just tr- literally singing about what we were doing in the moment. And as we were passing through the villages, I inserted the, the like, rhyme. And then in 20 minutes, we kind of wrote three-fourths of the song. And then um, when it came time, we were like, okay, I think this song, you know, we realized it didn't have all the villages. And we are like, let's find a cool rapper to come in and, like, <laughs> you know, we'll find them to, like, rap the rest of the villages. Because we have it. So the song's already four we'll give minutes. give them you. It's yeah. the hardest to write. I know. And you know what I mean? And it's like... And it, at the time, it was like four minutes already, right? Because we didn't know anything about radio play or whatever. It's like a four-minute song. We're like, okay, we need to calm down. So we need to rap this, or we need something that can insert as many as possible. And no rapper would touch it. We were like, the shame. Why don't you want to represent the villages? It's not hard. So I was like, screw it. I was like, I'll write it. So I literally grabbed the rest of the villages we didn't have, and I sat in the room, and I was just like writing. And 10 minutes later, there was the rap. And so I think songwriting for us has been that, right? It's kind of been like try to be clever in our wordplay and then also trying to be honest and specific and um and yeah and I think it really just is that it's just kind of like talking about our lives and then writing right and then if someone hears it that's kind of cool <laughs> I think it's all that's and that's what I love about friends with instruments it really is you know it is a passion project we're not really doing it to you know I mean, eventually, I think we do want to increase production value. But mm-hmm. I think for us, it's like we genuinely love music. We love storytelling. We love... It's therapy for you, too. Yeah, and it's therapy. Because you're, you're sharing experience. You know, you're writing down, like mentioned, CJ, mm-hmm. you know, had a, something she was going through. She mm-hmm. wrote it down. And, and so it's therapeutic for you. And then, so you are... And all while this is going on, you're yeah. attending UOG. 
Yes. 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 In and college. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, no, and, and, and about EOG, um, a lot of people don't know that I wasn't a theater major for most of my time there. So I ended up graduating with a bachelor's in fine arts and theater um, with a minor in political science. But originally, I was a major in political science. Can I say it first? Yeah, with a major in political science and a paralegal studies minor. So, you know what I mean? I'd already been, like, setting myself up for you know the lawyer path and then it went from like one theater class one semester to two semester yeah, two good classes Jeopardy question. yeah and then, yeah <laughs> what was Joyce's original major at the University of Guam Bachelor of Fine Arts <laughs> and then it wasn't until my final semester that I officially switched it and I was only a couple um a couple I think I was like two or three away from a double major and that was my intention and then I was like if I double major in this I'm forever going to feel obligated to fulfilling both. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I love this part of me, but I think the theater part is the part that I can't deny. It's the part that stepped into my life and, and, you know, it it literally took front and center and it it changed me, you know, as, as a human being, as, as an artist. And, and I had to like, okay, this is the, this is the path that I'm choosing. What happens if I choose the path? And I know you graduated in 2014, mm-hmm. right? And then two years later, you you know, um, you make your move, big move to, to L.A. Mm-hmm. to attend the Stella, Stella Adler, Adler Art of Acting yes. Studio. And yeah. that, too, came... I think, did you have to do some sort of... Uh, I yeah. want to say audition. Yeah, no. So what was wild, again, about that is in my last semester at UOG, they did a show called Pocket, mm-hmm. right? And... It was an original work. And so they invited someone stateside to come and watch the show. And I didn't know at the time what the person was, but it was a representative for um, a theater festival stateside. And when the guy came, you know, he's coming to review whether or not they want to bring the show to their festival. Mm -hmm. Um, And while they're there, they get to nominate two people to kind of compete in their, you know, the big kind of, um, they're called the Irene Ryans. And, uh, when he went, he nominated myself and Steven Torres. So we were the two. And because it was my, because when I performed it, I was still going to school. I still qualified to go, I think the following like semester slash year. And when I went to do the Irene Ryans, um, you know, bless my mentors. They were kind of like, you know, you can work really hard, but a lot of people don't make it past the first round. And there's three rounds. You have, I believe it's a a three-minute section, a two-minute section, and then a final monologue. So my scene partner, shout out to Joey Datuin, um, I um, he came in and saved the day because my original partner counseled on me. Like, I think we were three weeks out from competing and I was like, no, I'm going, I'm competing. And so Joey stepped in and, um, we learned our scenes and I was like, I don't care what happens. I want to make it to round two. That was my goal. So I make it, we go into the competition. There's like hundreds of people that we're competing with, um, along from the East, from the West coast. And, you know, I made it past, I went to the second round and my mentors came back in. They're like, we just want you to prepare yourself. Cause a lot of people, you know, again, they don't make it past the first round. Mm-hmm. We don't know if you're going to make it. Um, we were at the festival and I had elevation poisoning cause we were in Utah. So my body was in super, <laughs> 
super shock. I had no voice, you know, and I'm still competing. And I find out I make it into the top 20, right? Out of like hundreds of people. And this is again, you know, everyone being like, you're not going to make it. No one ever makes it. And not from a place of, you know, being mean, but just being realistic realistic and honest. And so I did that and, and I made it to the top 20 and I think I placed in the top six top five which was huge Mm -hmm. considering that I didn't think you know I'd I'd make it um and that for me was the moment where I was like I think there's something here that I'm not you know because even even then even after committing to theater I was like what is my what does it look like am I going to be an actor am I going to be a writer what am I going to do and um again they were like oh you know you can go to these auditions for these side things right at the at the festival but a lot of people don't get callbacks a lot of people you know so I literally auditioned for everything and I was like if I'm not gonna get into anything I might as well do it for you know practical reasons to get you know the audition training in and I got called back for so many things and um because I was preparing for the competition, I could not go to one callback. And it was the Art of Acting studio. So what happened was I went to the room and I was sitting in the in, in this giant like auditorium and I was like, this does not feel like a callback. Like what is it feels like a class? It was a lecture. They moved the callback to a different room. So I had to walk to the other side of, you know, these giant stateside colleges. <laughs> and I was like, where the hell is this room? So I go to the room. They had moved it again. But by now, I was like, okay, this is taking away from my prep time for this competition. I can't go to this callback. And I had to let it go. And I did let it go. Um, and I and I, I always wondered. I was like, what was that thing about that I auditioned for? Like, what was, you know, what was the... what was the school really about and I wanted to learn about them and it wasn't until I want to say two months later when we got back home a couple of my colleagues also got like callback nods to do like the summer program and I was like man I would have loved to do the summer program so here I am I'm like what's their email can I I just want to say thank you because you know for us it's you it's every time you kind of go into something it's nice to say thank you to the people that you see um so I just kind of shot over an email of being like I'm so sorry I did not I wasn't able to go to the callback but I want I was so grateful thank you for considering me and for your time and the 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 director of the school was like do you have time if, if you can like do a Skype interview or like if you could if you could Skype with me and I was like Skype I was like okay um and I was like I think I was at UOG like in a playwriting class or something like that and um when I went on he's like we actually want you to audition for a conservatory program and this was in the middle of me not knowing what to do and again something literally fell back into my lap and it was just like here's an opportunity um I auditioned via Skype on my tiny little iPhone um and yeah the rest is history I was like I think I'm gonna go um but it took me two years so I auditioned for them in 2014 going into 15 and then I didn't officially leave until 20. 16. Mm -hmm. I guess how, once you got there, um, I guess what, you know, for maybe people that, for for people that aren't too familiar with, I guess, you know, what takes place at 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 conservatories. Yeah, no, it's really cool. So the difference between a like master's program and a conservatory. So master's programs are kind of designed, um, you know, they're like a lot more on the scholarly level. You're going to be researching, you're kind of doing a paper and and that's the kind of goal, right? It's kind of like master level work. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason why I really, the conservatory interested me was that it's 
five days a week of actor training. So, right, so I had um, movement classes, vocal classes, um, scene breakdowns, um, you know, dialect coaching, like all these, all these specific things, all these tools. And you do it for five days a week from six to 11 o'clock at night. So, and it's all these professionals. So everyone that's going there wants to be a professional actor, wants to be a working actor and you kind of go in and you work right. And it's, and it's all about building the skill sets to eventually, you know, to increase your talent. And the reason why I didn't want to go into a master's program, um, at the time was like, if I really want to do this, I think I want to act. But if I want to act, I want to get better at acting specifically, right? Because if you go into a master's program, there's a bunch of <clears throat> other things you kind of have to do. Mm-hmm. And no, it was wild. I was like, I took ballet class, you know, I took like ballet classes. I took, um, it's, it's the things that we got to do in that tiny kind of little conservatory of a school blows my mind and the people we met and, um, our, te- the teachers were brilliant and, um, yeah, it was it was really cool to be surrounded by people that wanted to be better actors, right? So going into the the class that I got into, um, I was so fortunate. They were incredible, so ridiculously talented, and I think um, it equal parts scared me and inspired me, right? It was like, whoa, I'm no longer, you know, not even a small fish in a small pond. Like I think I'm a, I think I'm a tadpole. <laughs> like I am a tadpole, and there are fish here. Um, and yeah, and it and it's cool, and I and I recommend it to anyone that's kind of thinking about it. You know, it's it's a nice way. It's it's a two year program versus um, of something that's usually done at night. So mm-hmm. it kind of gives you the freedom to work, work still be a yeah. work. You know, to work in as you know if you need to pay bills, but also to be a working actor. So a lot of people that were in the program were still going out for auditions and and doing the actor thing during the day, and then at night you came to train. Um, and yeah. That's what it kind of looks like. <laughs> and so then you graduated in 2018 from the yes. A program. And then um, and then now you're here. Mm-hmm. You're, and one of the reasons, uh, it was a project, like I mentioned, that brought you here. Yes. Um, it was Comfort. Yes. And um, there's a great story behind it because I know that, I guess, you had performed it. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's actually part of the conservatory. So one of the big final projects is a solo show. Mm-hmm. And the reason being, it's because for solo shows, that's intense, right? That's like 30 minutes of just you talking. A lot of actors don't get the opportunity to do it. And then it wasn't until we actually started working on it that we all kind of realized this is hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be a story. To, you know, it's hard to create that story that you're going to tell and then to also direct yourself and then also to kind of, you know, do all the elements to try to, you know, see what kind of artist you are. And so the premise of it is it's kind of like you're not allowed, we weren't allowed to do a living person. It had to be someone that had passed. And then um, because as actors, the thought process then was that you're not going to be able to you write your own words you're going to be using someone else's words to portray what we're trying to do so everything we used in the show had to be found so I was like okay those are the dimensions what am I going to do and I was so stuck because I really wanted to do someone from Guam I was like I want to do someone that's Chamorro and I went online I was like who do you think I could be and everyone was like Fauna and you know like throwing out these really cool names and then I do the two lovers point story and I was like that's kind of cool but there wasn't enough text for me to have the freedom to kind of curate and move things around. So I had another colleague, um, his name is Brandon, 
brought in English and he was the only other Filipino in the program and he kind of inspired me he was like oh maybe I should you know I'm also Filipino why don't I tap into that part of myself and I just randomly again googled I was like famous Filipinas I probably should know about you know and I came across this woman and her name was Maria Henson and she was a comfort woman and I was like comfort woman why does that sound so familiar to me and I remember I can't find the article now which makes me so sad and something in me told me to screenshot that shot because it was the thing that changed the game she literally said um in that little like bio thing of her quote um she said a lot of people think that my time as a comfort woman was the hardest part of my life people don't know my life and I went who says that after researching what comfort women were so I was like you know what I don't have to know too much about, you know, who I'm trying to do. I'll just, I've seen she's written an autobiography. I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch of text and verbiage I can use about that time of history. I'm just going to throw her name into a pot with the two other names that we had to kind of choose. So I had Maria Henson, um, the last queen of Hawaii, and um, Cleopatra. And I walked into the room with my artistic director. And he looked at it, and he was like, you can choose whatever you want. And I went thanks Don that's very helpful because he was we were supposed to come in and he was supposed to choose for us and he's like well I he's like I trust that you're gonna know what to do and I went Don that doesn't help me (laughs) and and he's like okay I really think you should do the last one and I went but she's number three on my list so you know (laughs) what I mean she's not the top person I wanted to do um and he's like I think you should do her and I, and, and I was like, but no one knows her. And he's like, and that's exactly why you should do it. Cause no one knows who this woman, no one knows who this woman is. And a lot of people do not know about that part of history. So I end up writing the show and we have, we had about, I think about nine months, I think from like choosing our person to kind of doing drafts and rehearsing it out with the director. We had nine months kind of on our own to kind of live with the show. And during the time I didn't talk to any of my like colleagues and classmates about what I was doing and it, cause it was so, when I dived into that world, it was pretty dark mm-hmm. and, and, you know, a lot of crying and a lot of stuff like that. And, um, yeah, when I ended up showing the show to people, I think I was shocked at the reaction. I was shocked at how far I could go. And I think for me, this was the changing, this was the game changer for myself. Because at that time, um, I had found that I was trying to fit into the LA mold. I was Mm -hmm. trying to be LA, right? I was acting a certain way. I was scared. I was making myself small I was like oh if you know I I need to fit in some way and so I kind of like you know naturally when you're in a place that you're not too comfortable with you kind of come in and and that was the show that I think showed not only my teachers but showed my peers and this is what I really do this is and, and it's one of those things where I was like when I said give me something harder it wasn't that I you know I didn't think the stuff that we were doing um, hard. wasn't hard because it is hard it's hard it's hard to simply be sometimes you know but for me I was like this is the stuff that I want to tap into this is the thing that not only challenges me but I think this makes sense for me this isn't um this isn't fluff yeah this is where the activist comes yeah this out. is where the yes. activist comes out and I ended up doing that show and the teachers selected it there's a couple of us I think there were six of us they selected to take to the Hollywood Fringe Festival um and that happened after I graduated in 2018 
seen. And, you know, I love my bandmates, my best friends, my sisters, CJ and Gabby flew all the way out to see me graduate from the conservatory. And I felt so bad because, you know, here I am trying to be a hostess for them and take them out. But at the same time, it went graduation straight to the Fringe Festival. So I was with them, but then every now and then I had to step out and kind of rehearse on my by myself. And um, it was one of their last nights. I was like, I'm sorry, guys, I have to go to this tech because we're going to perform, I think, the day after they flew out or something like that. Um, is it okay if you guys, you know, come? You can stay at my apartment or you can come watch the show. And CJ's like, we'll just come watch. And I was like, okay, but I'm not off book, so I literally have to carry my phone during my tech. And she's like, whatever, Biffle, you're going to be great. It's fine. And so it was just CJ and Gabby sitting in this tiny black box theater, and I was going through the motions of my show. And I think for me, seeing how much they cried, you know, and you know, when I performed it in January, a lot of people were crying, but I think it was something, it was different to see people I knew, people that were also Filipino and, you know, that know the story, not more intimately, but I feel like there's something, there's something just the the cultural barrier is not as mm-hmm. not as wide for for them versus when I did it for people you know when I did it I was the only filipino person they knew right yeah. in a room full of that versus two people that know me know you know and me, then know the, the and 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 know you know no no know the culture know the history um and CJ was like biffle you have to bring this home and me not thinking about it I was like do you think like it was just a pro like it was an assignment like I'm only doing this because I was I'm literally chosen to do it like you know and she's like I think you have to do it so flash forward to a year after that moment CJ literally you know fulfilled the thing and brought me back home to do the show and I think it's the, the stars, I guess you could say aligned because at the mm-hmm. same time, too, I believe CJ was launching Breaking Wave Theater yes. Company. Yes, yes, and, yes. And, you know, I know that they um, received a, a grant to kind of work on certain programs yes. and things. And so, you know, they you came back, yeah. you performed it, and yes. you recently did it at the yes. beginning of August. And yes. how was, I don't know, it was sold out shows. It was, okay, I... <laughs> Joan, 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 Joan. And I saw it on I saw it on my Instagram yeah. and Facebook. You, the reaction from people that watch, people that were close to you, seeing those that maybe weren't too familiar with um, Maria Henson's story, yeah, yeah. and then watching it and then knowing you and then seeing that I think I think it shocked a lot of people for me when I told CJ she's like we're doing the show and she's like would do I think it was like a night and then she's like no you have to do two nights Joyce and I was like what if no one comes you know what I mean and she's like Joyce people are gonna come and I was like but seriously what if no one comes right after and you know because going from in at the conservatory it was a black box so it was like 50 seats versus the UOG theater which is closer to 250 I was like 10 people are gonna be there and the 10 people are gonna be the people that I'm related to <laughs> you know and I was just kind of like what are we doing and I remember I was prepping in the back and and part of my process as an actor is I don't like you know when I prep for show I like being by myself mm-hmm. and I like just kind of sitting by myself and not really thinking just kind of like you getting know in the zone. Yeah, getting in the zone blank slate so I wasn't listening to the people coming in like I, I was just kind of you know doing my thing and I remember when I start because when I when I do the show I enter from the audience mm-hmm. from the back of the audience and I walk to the front I remember walking towards the door being ready to walk out 
and there's like a little there's like a little cutout at the UOG um, theater doors, and I turned, <laughs> and when I saw the full house, Joan, I I was like, we, I started crying, and I was like, whoa, 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 I can't walk into the show. I was like, oh, and I think it was so it was so overwhelming, and it was so like to see that much support. I think overwhelmed me. I was like, this is insane. It's not a show where there's 50 people. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone it's is invited. Their stuff. You. It's just me, and. I did the show and you know it's been a while since I've been in a theater theater so I I wasn't used to not being able to see audiences faces mm-hmm. so that first night I was like reaching and and, and to the people that went the first night I'm so sorry <laughs> it was it really was a roller coaster because I I, I didn't know if I was filling yeah. the room so I was like not only big but like I was tapped into every emotion so the rage was rage the crying was crying like everything was you know an intense thing and then when the lights finally turned off and I got to see the audience and they lit the audience up like it's one of those things where it's like I kind of know like if I was an audience member I'd be emotional and I'd cry mm-hmm. but I think you know to see what was happening on the other side was was intense I was like that's exactly not kind of what I want you know I don't want people to come in and hurt yeah but I think sorry I think I do want people to come in and release and to empathize and to see a story that you know they can either relate to or that's gonna make them think about stuff differently or want to talk about stuff and and I think that was the thing people also were shocked to see you know knowing who I was and and yes I do lean on the dramatic side but I think this is the first time people also on Guam got to see and this is what I'm doing in Los Mm -hmm. Angeles right so it's like I'm not doing the whole yes I do live in East Hollywood (laughs) and yes I did work at a yoga studio so I was like the total Los Angeles kind of you know stereotype but it's like this is what I was, this is what I'm there trying to hone and to, to, to become better at. And, um, yeah, I, I think my favorite part was, it was the first time a lot of my family members got to watch me for the first time. Um, like my uncles and aunts and just seeing how moved they were. And, and, um, and I think one of the, one of my, you know, a great compliment was they're like, wow, I didn't see you up there. And for me, that's huge because these people, know me you know it's hard sometimes to disconnect when you're watching someone you know um when they're acting and I was like if they were able to feel that and get to that and I was like wow maybe I'm getting better at this than I thought (laughs) um but no it was it was so overwhelming and so humbling and and such a beautiful experience and and I think um we're going to try to work on an encore of some sort because I again I was so surprised at the amount of people that enjoyed it enough to want other people to see it I think was the really eye-opening part for me and I was like I think there's something just collectively brewing in the pot um with myself and Guam and 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 not history but in that realm of like actorvism right um but yeah and then I mean right after that you're already diving into um this really big project unspoken unspoken um it's it's again another funny story cj (laughs) she was like because i was coming back our um her name is sierra um o'neill she got married uh earlier in june i was coming back for her wedding so cj was like you know before if you're coming back for the wedding would you be interested in directing (laughs) i was like (laughs) directing and she's like yeah we're gonna do a musical it's gonna be a good time and i was like okay so you know 
that took my trip from like three weeks to like possibly a month and a half, two months, depending on how long the rehearsal process is. And so that's like, I think in April, when it got closer to me leaving, she's like, um, Joyce, how would you feel about staying until end of September <laughs> I was like what and I think something happened where they had to move around the dates for the show and um so the intention was I was going to direct a show mm-hmm. right a, a show that was written <laughs> and then I was about to you know I think it was the day that I was like flying out to go to Guam she's like um our writing team the people that were gonna that was they were supposed to write the musical completely dropped out and cj you know she's like in a panic and she's like you know we have a grant for this so it has to be created um do we still want to do it or do we change our game plan and i was like you know what why don't we just try <laughs> you know You're again challenge again, accepted. again not knowing <laughs> challenge accepted and so i flew in for the wedding and um three weeks later a musical was born um so that's part one of three of the elements of this show so it's called unspoken it's a mental health anthology so it includes three parts the first part is a youth devised kind of piece that Mm -hmm. sierra um is directing and then there's an original work section so people submitted original works about mental health that they kind of wanted to share and then again i got to curate ones that were kind of like similar and had a story and then they'll be put into one section and then the final part of the full production would be um, on the inside, which is a the musical element. Wow, which is really intense. And what's really fun is my um, for the musical section, it's happening in an adult acute psychiatric ward. Um, so it's 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 like a serious setting, but it is a musical. So we're gonna get to kind of tap into um, the unspoken um (laughs) with like with a musical and i'm excited for people to see it and again it's another element of like our musicality and our artistry as musicians that i think people haven't seen cj and i do um so it's going to be like a a merger of those two worlds right the theater and um our life as musicians um i'm excited for people to see it i'm genuinely it's so strange because i'm not gonna be on stage at all but i'm so excited for people (laughs) to come and see this guam is so freaking talented i was gonna bring that up too you know coming back from la Mm -hmm. um being among people that that you know i would essentially know that are doing what you're Mm -hmm. doing and then coming back and then seeing if not more uh, people really kind of embrace um fine arts you know theater yeah and i mean it's got to be great for you to see because you're seeing like a lot of the younger mm-hmm. uh, generation coming out wanting to take part in especially in this kind of project because it is yeah. tapping it is touching on a on a, a subject that I think from a lot of people is something that they don't really like to it's sensitive it is yeah. sensitive I, and I think you know that's what we're trying to break the mm-hmm. kind of the cycle the stigma and it's and I think what I've learned you know, based off the other show and this one, I think it's an interesting conversation to have because you find that people are hesitant Mm because we don't really talk about this. But what fascinated us is that as we dove into the process, once you kind of start to remove the, you know, the fear Mm -hmm. and the kind of like the hesitation and you kind of put people in that safe space where we're just you know we're talking yeah. openly and just discussing there's so much there and and i think you know what's fascinating again it's like one in five people struggle with 
something mental, right? Mm -hmm. A mental illness, a mental health issue. Um, and that's so many people in the world that are kind of, you know, you find you're like, you sometimes you feel alone. You're like, I'm only feeling this way. And then when you open it up to the world, you're like, wow, a lot of people do feel lonely Mm -hmm. to some extent. Right. And then what happens when we tap into, you feel lonely, they feel lonely. We can feel lonely together. And that makes us feel less lonely. Um, it's such a cool thing. And then also, you know, I'm such an advocate for, um, theater and youth Mm -hmm. and not necessarily because I want everyone to be an actor. I know it's not everyone's path, right? But it is, it is therapy. And I think I was, yeah, I was, I got to be an acting coach for the youth devised part. So it was like a a workshop that happened during Mm -hmm. the summer and Sierra had 10 kids. I think they range from 12 to 18. Um, and every day for a week, they kind of got together and they did like theater games and and things to open them up and then they got the opportunity so it's a devised piece so they got to write mini plays that they wanted to put on about mental health and I think what was fascinating and my favorite part to see was that these kids that were so quiet and so to themselves open up and really blossom and and you know they're not going to be you can't we can't I don't expect them to be the loudest person in the Mm -hmm. room now but now they're in the conversation now they're letting us know how they feel now they have the courage to to say this is my story this is what I struggle with and now I have this group of friends to help support me tell the story and I think it's gonna like I got to sit in um on a rehearsal last Friday and I was sitting in the chair and I got so emotional I think people are gonna you know the things that we struggle with as adults you know it's it's not a far leap I feel like we also struggle with those same things as youth and as children and 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 as teenagers and to see them put on something that I was like wow I felt that and I remember feeling that way in high school and feeling like you know high school was your world and because it is for them right and and how all the emotions that happen in that pod and um it's gonna be really cool it's gonna be cool to see them tap into that space because uh, i mean for this project it you solicited it it wasn't it's it's not stories that you're giving to them this is what you're going to share it was stories that you solicited it was experiences it's feelings that and the fact that i mean they're already taking that first step in offering you a little piece of them Mm -hmm. this is how i'm feeling and and I think when people see the final product, like you mentioned, yeah. they, people are going to relate and realize that they mm-hmm. aren't alone in mm-hmm. this journey, that they're thinking that they're traveling yeah. uh, alone. And I think that's why I love original works, mm-hmm. too. Like, I'm such an advocate for it. And I think the thing, you know, I thought it before I left Guam, and I still think it now. There's so much talent on this island but I think it's hard to kind of gauge because we're all here you know Mm -hmm. what I mean so you have nothing to kind of compare and contrast it to you don't really see it but after going like I was just talking you know to Shar and I was like Shar I'm telling you I'm not blowing smoke up your your bum like you you're you're good and and a lot of people a lot of actors that I'm working with here I'm like you're also good and I'm learning that you know the people the difference between people that make it and people that don't the people that make it tried the people that make it are actively going towards their dream and and now that I'm seeing that and learning it it becomes man anyone can make it and whatever you want to do you just have to 
try and then be so dedicated and committed to it and 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 things will change and things will move and and you know that explains for cj you know starting this theater company and then now they're a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. and which is a big step which is a big step and now we're doing a musical that's based on an experience she had Mm -hmm. right so that's so personal and what's really cool about the musical it's not you know i'm such a big advocate of when you're on stage yes there's a lead character Mm -hmm. but every character has a story and now that we got to be the storytellers and the writers Mm -hmm. i was like i'm gonna make sure every person has a story in that world as well so it's really cool that when people come to see this musical i'm i'm excited for them to meet these characters on the inside of this mental health ward and kind of bridge the gap between this kind of really scary place that no one really wants to go to and then showcasing this is a space that some people have to enter and how much are we like them you know what i Mm -hmm. mean like how where 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 do we start to see our similarities in them even though they're so far-fetched from what we think we are you know we I'm starting to find that like that's really cool that people can come see a show about that or about a show about comfort women and being like wow I didn't think I'd come to that show yeah and expect to see myself or someone I know even though they don't experience that thing you can experience the emotion or the feeling or you know maybe it's a metaphor for something in your life and that's why I do it. That's the butter for me. That's the that's that's the why I can't. That's stop. the good stuff. That's, that's good the good stuff. stuff. And, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on here too is, you know, um, it's about pushing people to kind of take that leap. You know, mm-hmm. people are you know there's that fear of you know mm-hmm. failure and and that maybe they're not good enough, mm-hmm. um, especially those that want to kind of pursue theater even more. Yeah. Um, is there some sort of advice, a piece of advice that you would give to them? Because obviously yeah. hard work, you know, yes. is, is a big yes. thing. Um, and, and being able to take, you know, criticism and things like that, um, yeah. having a, a, a thick skin. I, is there something that you would offer to those that are looking, you know, maybe they think, oh, well, I'm on this island. Yeah. Who's going to recognize, you know, who's going to recognize me? Yeah, no, I think... Honestly, and that's the thing too that I I remember feeling. Um, I remember feeling like that. I remember feeling like that, and I and I still feel like that sometimes. But to the people um, that are listening and and are open to the advice, um, you know, I I'm a big believer that if you love what you're doing and you give yourself the opportunity to do what you love anywhere you're at someone will notice if you're working really hard at it and you're and you're open to it and and to the people that you know are scared to leave there's a I'm, I'm that's what I'm starting to feel and learn too that there's so much here also that you can you know make create if you feel like you're not understood or seen and you know like for me especially like I feel like I'm not Hollywood or you know when I when I think of myself I don't imagine I don't stick myself on Hollywood but I'm like you know what if I don't belong there I'm going to create a space for me because I love it and I think my advice for people is if you love it make a space for you you know do what you can in your time and and we live in a time of social media Mm -hmm. and YouTube that's so powerful Um, you know it is just storytelling and, and everyone starts somewhere so you start with you know your first piece of something 
God bless, will not <laughs> be brilliant, you know, it's, and, and that's for everyone. Our first something will never be the epitome of what we want it to be, unless you're really lucky and you kind of, you know, you get it. Um, but everyone else starts somewhere and it starts with, oh, that was okay. And then you try again. Oh, that's getting better. You try again. Whoa, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm getting better and better at it. And the advice is if you really like it, keep doing it, keep, keep trying. And, and for the people that have always dreamed about acting, but don't know where to start, rehearse monologues, you know, <laughs> like post it online and, and the world now I think I think we need more artists I think there's so much happening in the world and there's such a disconnect um theater art music poetry that has always been the space that has always been the space that has helped communities come together and it's the space that we need now and I and I feel like it's I'm excited to see the work that comes out of this decade because there's so much going on in the world and people don't know how to feel what to say what to do and that's so much you know that's creative creative um ingredients Mm -hmm. that we can use for something so my advice is make create and then make the space for yourself because in this time we can actually make that space (laughs) you know and and just if you if you really love what you do and you're and you're actively putting it out there, someone will see it and the stars will align and the right paths will merge and and just try, man. I think I think that's the part that really surprises me, that we stop ourselves from trying before we even give ourselves the opportunity to. So just try, right? No harm, no foul. <laughs> you know, and and know you're supported. Mm-hmm. Come come to the OG theater, come to Breaking Wave. Um there's resources there's resources there's There's other collective you know there's other artists that are hungry too that want to create and you got to be open you got to meet people you got to be friendly (laughs) please be friendly and respectful to everyone you meet because you know i've learned that yeah guam is small but la is small too right so it's like and it's the rule for life it's like you just be kind be nice to people and and if that's you know the thing that follows you that also really helps in any career path (laughs) thank you so much Joyce for coming in and sharing your story sharing your journey um, sharing the projects the passion projects that you're working on and (laughs) I'm sure I'm I'm one of many that are looking forward to um, not only these projects that are coming up but what the future has in store uh, you. for you and you know when you when you're Oscar just make sure to oh my you know, <laughs> say a little I'll thank you, you. <laughs> I mean I'm it's so fun like I oh my gosh I can't even I can't even imagine when we start to do the time capsule of like look at all these old interviews this little chicken <laughs> like oh you know it goes back to you know that interview I did with Joan where she called it that I, I won the Oscar but I know we'll play it back we'll play it back it's so exciting to see you know what you've been doing what you continue to do and and keep on doing what you're doing you know i you should definitely trademark that uh, activist <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> is it right it's just like mm, that's so me <laughs> trademark that and and um because that's exactly you know what you're doing and and to kind of spread the word out and mm-hmm. get people informed get people yeah. to feel um mm-hmm. 
and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to what, what what's ahead. Thank you, Joe. And for those that are listening, make sure you follow Joyce on Instagram. What's your handle? <laughs> it's Joycelyn Rose, J-O-Y-C-E-L-Y-N-N-R-O-S-E. <laughs> to see what she's been up to. And again, don't forget to subscribe on either Spotify or SoundCloud at the KOM Podcast Network. Until then, adios. Thank <laughs> you.